Today is April 30, 2019, and it is the last day of National Poetry Month this year. This is Poet Kind Podcast, and I'm your host, Susan Mulder. If you're new here, welcome, and if you've listened to us in the past, welcome back. We are so grateful you've joined us. We're going to close out National Poetry Month with an interview. Now, most interviews go off without a hitch. I've had two, though, that have had more than their fare of technical glitches, interruptions, and all sorts of gremlins. The fact that these two poets know each other makes these little glitches all the more frustrating and maybe a little embarrassing for me. So insert eye roll here since you can't see me. Jason Crawford, today's guest, is a poet among other things and he's been featured in Royal Rose, High Shelf Press, Be Light Filled, and The Knight's Library, which we'll come back to talk a little bit more about later. He also has work forthcoming in The Amistad and in Papamoose, which if you've listened to Poet Kind in the past, you will have heard him read this particular piece, I Will Not Make Pretty of This Death. It was a treat to get a chance to talk with Jason again, so we're going to dive right in. Hi, Jason. <laughs> Hi, can, can you hear me? I can hear you terrific. Perfect. I have a, a huge case of deja vu going on. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're just going to dive right in and I will do a separate introduction for you only because this is our second go around and um, you know all that. I will, I will let our listeners who join us just for the audio part know that um, Jason is a multi-talented poet and he has been published in many places. And we're gonna talk about those different places as well as talk about a new role he's taking up as editor-in-chief of Knight's Library Magazine. So I wanna make sure to get that plug in first thing. Perfect. So, yeah. All right, so tell us a little bit about um, your writing, who you are, where we can find you, and then we'll get to some other stuff too. Okay, of course. Um, so I'm Jason B. Crawford. Um, Jason B. Crawford on all handles of life. So uh, if you're looking for me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, you'll find me at Jason B. Crawford. And my website is also jasonbcrawford.com, which is very convenient, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how I ended up with all of them, but I did. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Keeps it simple. It does. It really does. Um, I am a poet slash uh, fiction writer, mostly poet, um, from uh, born in Washington, D.C., raised in Lansing. I graduated from the Eastern Michigan University uh, creative writing program in poetry. So I, I have had a lot of training in this, and that was in 2014. Um, I just started writing, really. I started songwriting when I was younger, and it was something I used to do a lot in trying to be this cool singer or something. <laughs> I don't know what I thought I was doing. But um, the, the main part I really liked doing was creating the songs. So I, I guess I realized after doing fiction for so long in the creative writing program that I actually liked the lyrical sense or like the, the brevity of the poem. Okay. And then the, the, there was more feeling. But I took the story writing part 
um, from my from the fiction because I love the idea of telling a person a story as well. So mm-hmm. I try to merge the two together within my my pieces. Okay. Um, now, because we had kind of a we had a pre-interview, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, did a full-length interview that I could not retrieve the recording for, and so you just have been a delight to to get to, a chance to talk to again because. It was so much fun the first time. You I had agree. <laughs> kind of a roundabout way of getting to poetry. You didn't, you didn't start down that path. And Correct. I think that's a fun fact for people to know because not all poets wake up one morning and go, when I grow up, I'm going to be a poet. Let me tell you, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought I was going to be a poet at all. Well, um, I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I actually, yeah, so uh, I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive back a little bit deeper um, than I did the first time. So actually, when I grew up, I wanted to be uh, a singer or a, a basketball player. I played basketball for a, a many years. Okay. Um, and my dad said that it was not practical to be a basketball player, even though he played basketball overseas. But he said it's not practical because they only have so many spots in the NBA. So you right. need to have something to fall back on, which is very smart. I, I realized that. And my fallback was actually to be a, um, a teacher. So okay. I, I actually took a lot of classes in college along with, um, I shadowed a, lo- a lot in high school, but I, I was in the elementary ed program, double majored in math. And I was doing well in the program, but I just didn't feel like I was in it. And honestly, I think it was the fact that I was so pulled away from children because when you're in the program, you're not in the classroom. Mm -hmm. The chances I got to be in classrooms with good kids, I loved it. I loved every minute of it, but the politics of being a teacher and having to deal deal with that, it was just so awful and I couldn't do it. Um, But I took a class actually. um, And that class was a, a reading class per se, uh, learning to teach how to be a reader uh, or something like that. And I I took it uh, as an elementary ed major and I hated the class. I'm going to be honest, the class was awful. It was the worst (laughs) class I've ever taken in my life. However, they did have us write a short story slash children's book. And I wrote it and they is between three classes. Uh, Each class, we all had groups. So I was in a group of three and my group actually won. Because, and I wrote the whole book, um, but my, my group won. And I thought about it. I was like, I, I used to do this all the time with my grandma. We'd sit down at our computer. We'd pretend like we we're going to start right, typing up this story. And I missed that. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I came back to it and I said, I'm going to be a writer. So I dropped everything, dropped all my classes. And I was like, I'm going to be a, a, a writer. I'm going to be a fiction writer. It's going to happen. And I like just dove face first into the creative writing program. And after a couple classes and realizing that it was actually the, the word, the lyric, the poetry, that's what I was really craving. I switched over to doing the poetry section more. Mm. Good. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was a roundabout way, but um, it's, it's almost like everything clearly pointed that direction. It was just, you had to get there. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. 
Now, as, as a poet, you've had um, some success with being published, which is always exciting. You're also a spoken word poet, so that means you perform. And yes. um, now, you said you, let's see, came from Washington, ended up in Lansing. Now, I know you're in the Detroit area. And for those of you lucky enough to live in the Ann Arbor, Detroit area, you can see Jason actually perform. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, 2018 was the year where I really said, I'm going to be seen, right? Okay. So um, typically I just do pride events. So Ann Arbor uh, Pride, which used to be Ann Arbor Outfest. Okay. Um, I'm the host poet for them and I do do that every year. And it's like, it's fun. It's a little cute, quick. Oh, this is poetry. Let's add it. Um, and I, I enjoy it and I love doing it. But I was like, no, this year I'm going to actually be seen and heard. So I went to my first ever open mic. Um, and I went with, with my good friend, Lanny, who you had on the podcast as yeah, well. Yeah. I know and, Lanny. And so we went in, we sat down uh, and were amazed by all these poets. And I got up and I read a poem and it was very comforting because I was very nervous. But the comforting part was when A, the host says, I don't know who you are and I should. And, mm. and B, when other people came over and said, how is this your first open mic? And I was like, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> so I kept going. Um, I started going to a couple other ones and it kind of turned into us being regulars at these open mics which actually led to my first feature um which was last month was just being ha having that space and being able to grow my performances and it's it's good to go to an open mic because i get to say the words that i'm not sure if i'm going to actually keep but okay they work okay so do you have anything coming up soon that that people can find you at or look forward to to seeing you I mean, you can always catch me at uh, either Skyvit, which is every fourth Tuesday um, at the Sweetwaters on 5th in Ann Arbor, or you can catch me at the Espresso Royale, which is the Ann Arbor Poetry um, Showcase. So they have it every first and third Sunday, Espresso Royale on Liberty, I'm sorry, on State Street. Um, they intersect. That's where it intersects. Okay. But, um, and so I'm always there doing the open mics, kind of talking to the host, Simon, who is another one of our uh, members in my collective. And um, we, you can always catch me at uh, Ann Arbor Pride, which this year is August 4th, 3rd or 4th. Okay. Um, I will be there hosting again. And this year, we're going to do something a little special. We're actually bringing up Ann Arbor Youth Poets to be our, um, our, our guest speakers. So we're gonna have them speak a little bit and they, I've heard them before, they are phenomenal. That's exciting um, to give opportunity and give voice to young people. Mm -hmm. give, give them that boost so that their path maybe can get a little jump start. I think that's awesome. Just yeah, awesome. I'm so happy, I'm so happy yeah. I got them, so. Okay, now one thing I know you might be having another event coming up that might be a little bit bigger that's going to take mm. you out of state. Yes. 
I'm going to tease that out of you. I want you to share about it. I I always forget about it because it's not like a day-to-day thing for me. So I'm going to my first ever um, poetry slam. So one would think with me doing so much spoken word that I've been to so many poetry slams in my life. I have not. Um, This is my first one. And uh, it is Rust Belt, which is a Midwestern. um, So not Midwestern. Yeah, Midwestern Poetry uh, Slam. Um, It features people from like Detroit. It features people from St. Louis. It features people from Chicago. And um, I'm on a team. You have to be like the teams are selected. So I was on a team selected to go this year. It is June 21st and 22nd. Um, And it is in St. Louis. So I'm super excited. I get to read some um, really cool pieces uh, that really accentuate the the pieces of me that I think really talk about me um so I'm 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 just ecstatic yeah that is really exciting congratulations one on being accepted and thank you for for stepping up and doing something that frankly makes my palms sweat to even think (laughs) about so uh, now, and there might be a few people who listen to us that don't know what a poetry slam is. It sounds pretty aggressive and a little scary, but maybe you could like just enlighten us just a little bit. Of course. So it is, um, I'm going to say it's something that is a little nerve wracking when you're thinking about it. Yes. But it also is something that's so freeing because it's a, a chance for poets to step up and say their voice and say their piece um, in a way that really expresses them that's not like the classical old school style poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So basically it is a spoken word competition in which uh, people or teams get up and they do their, their poems. They have a three minute um, time, time frame. They get a 10 second um, over it so you can go 10 seconds over but you can go up to three three minutes and 10 seconds um you poems on whatever you like to speak on and uh you're judged on the creativity the form the delivery the words you're judged on everything um on how you do it but you know the winner gets to be the, the poetry slam champ um so it's really cool you get the each team gets two rounds the first round uh, the first day so you go up twice as a person or as a group you go up twice and you get to read you know two of your poems if you're if you make it to the finals you get two additional rounds because i'm part of the teams um they actually pull individuals off the team to go to the individual finals as well the top readers of the individual so if i get i may end up doing six poems i may end up doing two poems who knows but i'm just excited just to even be there Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, you, you mentioned something about the opportunity to be a part of a poetry slam and being able to hear not your typical poetry, which I think is a great segue into something that I know you're a part of right now. Um, you are currently acting editor-in-chief of Knight's Library Magazine, and that kind of has a great backstory in I want you to tell us a little bit about that and also because there's some great opportunities coming forward from that as well. That is correct. Yes. So um, 2015, it was right after I had graduated. Uh, one of my fraternity brothers and I actually sat down and we were trying to figure out where we were going to submit our work. You know, we're, uh, he hadn't graduated yet, but we're like real antsy about doing the submission thing. 
And I brought, up, brought to the table and said, hey, how about we create a magazine? So Knight's Library is actually kind of um, based in, we came up with the name and based it kind of around our fraternity because that's how we founded each other. Uh, he is also from Maryland, even though he lived in, you know, he lives in Ypsilanti as well, just as mm -hmm. I do. So it's really, really weird. Um, but um, we, we created this magazine called Nice Library Magazine. We have the, uh, we got the domain. We, and we kind of went to classes at Eastern and said, hey, we're creating a literary magazine. We want your work. We got some submissions, which was cool. And then we kind of like bombarded it with our stuff to fill it. And okay. we we're trying to do like an issue a month. And it was so time consuming, so hard. And unfortunately, the person that was putting, to, putting them together, the graphic designer that was making these beautiful magazines um, for us, we all worked at Starbucks at that time, <laughs> quit Starbucks, and she got a new job. And when she got her new job, she kind of not did talk to us, but didn't have the time to really put into it. Yeah. So I am part of a collective, um, MMPR collective, Mighty Motor <laughs> Poet Rangers collective. So um, once we started the collective, myself, Lanny, uh, Eric Sirota, Simon, um, Tyran, Krista, uh, and Ashwini, uh, Ashwini, I'm sorry. We, I was like, hey, you guys are cool. I like you guys. How about I bring my baby back to life? and you guys help me with it. And Lanny, who actually submitted to Knight's Library Magazine back in the day, was ecstatic about it. So she okay. said, yes, 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 yes. And so we, we decided to go ahead and try it out and see what we can do. And we've been getting a couple submissions and they're, they're really good submissions too. So it's like really cool, but we're looking to give voices to people that aren't getting accepted in the regular magazines, not because their work isn't good enough. It's because their work is too different and different, we want to let yeah. those different voices shine. I think that is so exciting and so important because, um, the, the poetry world and, um, you know, I'm part of the art world too, so the mm -hmm. art world, but when you have something different to say, it's almost like a challenge to the establishment. And yeah. it's not, you can get so many rejections and you can get discouraged. So to find a place that, that looks to not your standard voice, not your standard writer, not your standard person, and gives them that, that spotlight or that recognition that is necessary to keep them going is such a wonderful gift. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. When, I'm, I'm so happy. So when had, when does your first issue come out or has it come out or? So it has it. Like? Okay. The first issue is um, the fall issue. It's going to be September 1st. We're doing quarterly issues. Okay. So September 1st, December 1st, you know, so on and so forth mm -hmm. um it will we are accepting submissions i'm actually going to push it back till july 31st okay. um i have i have that ability i'm at an achievement <laughs> <laughs> so july 31st is actually we're going to accept uh things for people should actually so some of the people that have already submitted should be looking at out for some um letters from us saying if it's been accepted or not coming up within the next couple of weeks however um yeah we will go all the way up until july and then yep we're gonna 
keep it's a rolling submission so if you submit july i mean if you submit august 1st it goes into the winter um okay, batch. okay. So, so um where can people submit mm -hmm. and do you have a place where they can see your guidelines or can you just give us a quick snippet of what those look like yeah i can give you a snippet um i've been your Correct. I need to actually put those up on the website because I haven't done that yet. Um, so uh, it is knightslibrarymagazine.com is actually where the magazine is being held. It currently is an online literary magazine. Okay. Um, you can submit to Knights Library, so K N I G H T S Library 1869 at gmail.com. Okay. And the guidelines are really simple. Five poems, um, no more than 10 pages, so we can, you know, wrangle a little bit in. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, it's as long as it's not something that is disrespectful or hurtful to people, like, as in, like, you know, ra nothing racist, nothing homophobic, nothing uh, mis misogynistic, you know, things like that. We yeah. keep it in the realm of it's a safe lit thank you so keep it safe as long yeah. as it's safe then we are willing to give it a look over i can't promise to anyone that you're going to be published or not what i can right. do is say we will read it and we will we would love to read it so okay that sounds great and i'm hoping somebody will will uh hear this for the first time and go oh I, that sounds like my place we'll send them your way that is what i'm i'm hoping for too all right let's see here i can you hear that i'll edit yeah. this out i i keep getting notifications and i can't turn them off i i apologize <laughs> if you can hear those little twits but i you know with as much trouble as i've had getting you on recording I'm just going to ignore it. And we're just going to keep right on going. Let's keep on going. It's fine. <laughs> keep on trucking. <laughs> I want to know who you read personally for inspiration. I don't think I asked that last time. And I'm curious. Um, I always oh, yeah. look for what inspires other writers. I, so I have a, a very extensive poetry list because I just, I buy books that I don't, you know, read all the way through. Um, <laughs> Nobody you know, does that. <laughs> So um, a couple of my favorites are uh, Dinesh Smith. Um, I've actually, I met Dinesh Smith um, before we, we've talked in person. He's an amazing person as well as an amazing writer. Um, and also a AWP nomination on his book, which was a great, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. We, uh, Desiree Della Giacomo, her book just came out as well. She is, I have her original, one of her original chapbooks. She is amazing and so raw with her writing and how she um describes things and it for it to be so pungent is just oh, i love it um douglas kearney is one of my old old favorites um as well as jonah mixton webster who is actually one of the first writers i got to read um and also of artists that went to um, Eastern Michigan University in the graduate program that gave me the sense that this is something I could do and I can display my voice versus what was being taught to me at Eastern. So I, I really appreciate him as well. Last but not least, Sam Sachs is one of my all-time favorites. I 
like swoon over him every time he publishes a poem or a tweet or anything because I'm like oh it's so amazing because everything he writes just makes me want to just be better so that's a that is a great quality as a writer when when you can inspire somebody else Um, yeah and in my um, I was gonna say in my group we have a joke that that gets passed around because of me whenever we sit down and like we're sitting at an open mic and you know the someone reads something and it's amazing you're like I quit poetry like (laughs) (laughs) no 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 don't quit poetry (laughs) and I I return momentarily it's just (laughs) (laughs) but it's that mic drop moment when something takes your breath away that just makes you stop and go I can't do that yeah but yet it makes you want to (laughs) yep so uh, that's great now I'm, I'm just you mentioned mighty morphin i always say it wrong so i'm just gonna let you say it i get the biggest kick out of this group now lanny stabile <laughs> was a guest on a previous show you guys are in this group together i love what it stands for and what it does would you please reiterate what that is and yes. tell me a little bit about the group of course it's mighty Mo- Mighty Morphin <laughs> Poet Rangers. I believe it's poet. It may be poetry. We go back and forth because we switched it to MMPR Collective too, just <laughs> for uh, copyright reasons, of course. Ah, oh, gotcha. Because <laughs> uh, I think we're actually going to start branding it out a little bit more. Oh, cool. But um, we, it's, it's seven of us. So it is Lanny Stabil, uh, Simon Merkelstein, Eric Sirota, um, Ashwini, which I cannot pronounce her last name. If she listens to this, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Tyran Burrell and Krista Brown, um, along with myself. So we are uh, a workshopping group. We send each other, like I've been talking to them all morning about um, a contest that a lot of us are entering and trying to read our our pieces. Um, We go to events together to support each other. and then we are also all on the editing or some somehow related in the Knights Library magazine now. Okay. Okay. Well, I just, I think what a great thing um, for poets to sit down together and work through their work and have other good voices and good eyes look at it. Um, I just, I love it when people can work together. And if you're called Mighty Morphin, poetry rangers that's just makes it even that takes it off <laughs> right. the chart. Uh, i am so i mean i know this is my interview but i'm so proud of lanny I, I have to say this especially since it's two uh, two days later but um we all entered the button poetry contest and she yeah. was semi-finalist and that means not only is eric featured eric's featured on a lot of button things he's been in competition so he's featured on the button site all over the place but now i have a person that was a semi-finalist in the button contest that I work with extent, extensively. So it's, I have such great writers around me and I, it, that community that we have built is just so fulfilling. That's exciting. That is so cool. Now, you know, I asked you about poets who inspire you, your work, and you, um, you opened up this season by reading one of your pieces. And I absolutely love that. And I am hoping I can get you to share something of yours here today. Of course. All right. Of course. Um, so my grandmother was a big influence for me. We used to write together. She taught me a lot about cooking. I loved being in her kitchen, loved um, talking to her. But one of the biggest things for me when it came to her was uh, her stories. So my grandmother 
passed away a couple of years ago, about eight years ago or so, um, to Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and her storytelling, at, even as it diminished, was still immaculate because of how she told it. So mm-hmm. I had to write a poem about it, and it is called Story. Okay, whenever you're ready. Okay. <clears throat> it's feeling like one of those days I could just sit up in your kitchen and confess my life to you. Let me tell you a story. I've never felt bread or hand so strong. My grandmother was an excellent cook. She was the kitchen. Her mouth was an oven, heart was the pantry. Every neighborhood disjointed was her child. For better, or worse, or discipline. She often spoke out of food. Tongue coated in turkey grease, grandma taught me how to make them love me with my cooking. There's nothing a good meal can't fix. I remember when she told me I was filling out, and that was a good thing. I remember when the doctor said the first stroke wouldn't kill her. Her hands might shake a bit, but don't worry, Ruth, you can stay in your kitchen. And there I was the next day, cornbread in the hot box, greens on the stove. Ain't no disease that could stop this woman's soul. Alzheimer's disease, a degenerative memory loss disease that affects over 3 million new people a year. Symptoms includes memory loss, mental decline, meaningless repetition of words and actions, inability to create new memories. Let me tell you a story. Ruth had about four stories she knew like the back of her hand, but some days her hand seemed like a foreign map. She would tell me as she finished her fifth cup of coffee about how she was still on her first, about how restless she was. She couldn't sleep at night. I wondered if her back truly hurt or if she just remembered it did. Once we had to take her keys away and lock the doors from the inside. Let me tell you a story. I've never felt brittle hands so strong. My grandmother was the kitchen. Her mouth was an oven. Heart was the pantry. Every neighborhood disjointed was her child. For better, worse, or discipline, she often spoke through food. Let me tell you a story. My grandmother had enough sisters to fill a marching band. She would tell me about how they would sing together. So I joined the choir. Let me tell you a story. They say at some point you forget the stories you've told, the people that are in them, how many times you've told them, the people that you've told them to, or even who you're talking to. Let me tell you a story. I've never felt brittle hands so strong. The kitchen was my grandmother. She had four sisters or stories. Or let me tell you a story. There was never a day she forgot me. But there was a day she couldn't speak anymore. And I've never seen a woman so strong. So let me tell you a story. Her laugh was so ocean belly. You think you could stand at the shore of her to skip rocks and listen for them to ripple from the bottom. This woman was endless. Let me tell you a story. Her mouth was the oven. Heart was the pantry. She stored everyone there for safekeeping. Let me tell you a story. I've never seen a woman so strong, so brittle. Let me tell you a story. It's feeling like one of those days I could just sit up in your kitchen. Let me tell you a story, your kitchen, where I learned to cook and love. Let me tell you a story. I remember the last meal you made for us. Let me tell you uh thank you. Oh, I feel that just in the pit of my stomach, Jason. I just I, 
um, that's not the first time I've heard that. And I still want to shout out in response to what you're saying. It's hard for me to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Just, so the imagery is just so beautiful and it's so tender and so real and it captures, um, it captures that, that slow losing of someone to Alzheimer's. Um, and it, what a beautiful way to honor your grandmother, but also to shed light on something that, that happens more often than we care to recognize. Yeah. Thank so, you. Well done. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, the last time I heard it, I said this, it's, that's really a hard thing to follow. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think with that, um, I, I want to leave our listeners with that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Could you share with us one more time where they can find you? Um, social course. media links and yeah, of course. Um, so like I said, I'm Jason B. Crawford. So everything is Jason B. Crawford. Instagram is, uh, Jason B. Crawford. Twitter is at Jason B. Crawford. Um, the website is jasonbcrawford.com. If you're looking for Knights Library Magazine, it is Knights with a K, knightslibrarymagazine.com. And our Twitter is uh, MMPR underscore KLM. And yeah, come talk to me. I'm always willing to uh, chat. I love meeting new people. Well, I, I have never met you face to face, and I, but I believe that when I've spoken with you, I've always said, all I want to do is just run up and give you a big hug. I just think you are so wonderful. Um, I love what you do. And um, I just thank you so much. It was such an honor and a gift to have you here on Poet Kind. No problem. I, honestly, I love this poetry podcast. It's something different. It does a lot of what we're trying to do at Knight's Library, give us something different to listen to, different to speak on. And give those voices that don't get a chance to be heard, be heard. And it's, it's so amazing. So keep doing what you're doing, Susan. I so much appreciate it. Oh, that means the world to me. Thank you, Jason. No problem. Minutes to find Jason on social media and give him a follow. Say hi. Just a reminder, it's Jason B. Crawford on most platforms. And also consider submitting your work to Knight's Library at knightslibrarymagazine.com. That's Knight with a K. That's it for this week's edition of Poet Kind Podcast. If you're a first-time visitor, welcome. Please let us know what you think. You can do a rating or a review on your favorite podcast platform. These reviews are so important to podcasts. They help us move up in the rankings and help us get seen. You can also find us at Poet Kind Podcast, all one word, on Instagram and on Twitter. For now, we keep things simple. No website. We aren't funded in any way and don't have sponsored episodes. We are also fee-free for submissions and love to support poetry, poets, writers, visual artists, basically creatives of all sorts. We are all in this boat together, and I think it's important that we compare notes, not ourselves. Let's support each other with encouragement and applause. We'd love to hear from you. How do you get inspired? What moves you? What moves your work? What keeps you going? 
And what is it that you do? Share your work with us on social media and email us at poetkindpodcast at gmail.com for a chance to be featured here. If you like what we're doing here, share with your friends on social media and let's bring more good stuff to the world. I believe in being generative, of bringing positive voices and change to the world. Let's build each other up, be a part of those good things. I started a hashtag a while back called Create the Life You Long For Now. I use it when I take those steps that scare me a little, push me out of my comfort zone, move me forward, or just bring me joy. So if you're doing work that scares you, and like Eleanor Roosevelt said, you should do one thing every day that scares you, feel free to hashtag Create the Life You Long For Now. Thank you again for being here. Poetkind wouldn't be here without you. Let's get out there and make something good and enjoy the rest of this day.